Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. Well, man, I'm so glad you guys joined us this morning. Um, let me tell you guys a little bit of story uh, about why perspective matters, okay? Perspective is important. So there was one Sunday morning I got up and I took a shower, got up, brushed my teeth, put my contacts in, and, you know, just like all of you, you know, bathroom mirror over the sink and I got all ready, you know, some of you don't have to do this, I had to shave the head, you know what I'm saying? Get that looking sharp and, uh, and man, I got dressed, I was looking good uh, and I came to church and I was ready to go and I got up and I came out and I did the message and man, can I just tell you, probably the best message I ever done. And people were just like, people were rolling in the aisles, literally. No, it didn't happen. <laughs> but it was, it was awesome. It was great. Service ends. And as soon as I get out, um, I walk out and I'm greeted multiple times by people who are like, hey, um, Chris, just wanted to let you know, your zipper was down the entire service. Perspective matters. When you're looking in a mirror that's just over a sink, you might look, I think you look really awesome. If you're sitting in the front row, four feet below a person who's on stage looking up at them and their zippers down, perspective matters, okay? Your perspective is important. So now we are in the second week of a message series called Launch, and we're in the series because we are beginning a, a new generosity initiative as a church called Launch. We are in our new building, we're, start, we're launching two services today, and all of this is because we believe God is calling us to do something bigger and greater in our community, in our world, and we want to take this moment, this unique moment in time that God has placed us in, to launch out of it as best as we possibly can, to do the ministry he's called us to do, to do the kingdom work that he's called us to do, and I believe that this is a crucial time in the history of our church, and I'll tell you this, I am so excited, I know so many of you are excited, I hear, I've heard stories from so many people are just stoked about what our, what God's doing in Compass, where we're headed. And so we're in this, this launch initiative, this launch um, generosity thing that's getting ready to start. And today I wanted to talk about um, why perspective is important if we are going to launch big into our community and into our world and make a difference in people's lives for the kingdom of God. And so what I want to do today is I want to tell you a story out of the life of Jesus, but I want to tell it to you from three different perspectives. Because again, perspective matters. So this is a little bit of a familiar story. Let me just share it with you. Mark chapter 2. And here's the story. When Jesus returned to Jerusalem several days later, news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. So Jesus, he traveled all over the place. He taught all over the place. And he returned to the city. And it was a place he'd already been. People knew him. People were excited that he was back. And he got to this home where he was staying and immediately just packed with people. It'd be like if you knew that Justin Bieber was in town, right? And you would immediately get in your car and you'd go to whatever hotel Justin Bieber was staying at and you would hang out in the lobby, right? Barbie would, I know that. So anyway, continuing. Story continues. So Jesus is out there, all these people around, and Jesus is in the house and he's just preaching. While he was preaching God's word to them, packed out house, standing room only, no room, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. The crowd's so big. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. And then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Now, just think about that. That's crazy, right? Could you imagine if we're just sitting in service one day and you hear like a knocking and scratching sound on the roof and all of a sudden it just crumbles and someone drops down, repels down. It's like, I just heard Chris was speaking today, so I just wanted to drop in. I believe it could happen. 
story continues. This is what happens. Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and he said this. He said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man had been lowered through the roof of this house. He jumped up, grabbed his mat and he walked out through the stunned onlookers, which I think that's an appropriate adjective. Don't you stunned? Just, I mean, be stunned at just that it happened to begin with, right? That a guy dropped through the roof of a house, but then Jesus tells him to get up and he does. And they were all amazed and they praised God exclaiming, we have never seen anything like this before. So this whole story happens. This guy is healed. He's, he's touched by Jesus and all of the people who saw him drop through the roof and get up and walk, they were just stunned. And they're like, we have never seen anything like this before. So perspective one, this is kind of really, I, I would call this Jesus perspective. And this is an important perspective for us to have. And that's this, it's that Jesus can miraculously change a person's life. So the moral of this story from our first perspective is that Jesus has the power to miraculously transform a person's life. He's done it in me. He's done it in so many other people sitting in this room right now. He's done it in people whose stories that we have already heard and that we're going to hear from the videos that we're showing as part of our launch series. Jesus can miraculously miraculously change a person's life. Now let's look at the second perspective. Let's look at the perspective, the version two of this story. Let's look at it from the perspective of the four friends. Now this paralyzed guy, let's call him Jeff, Jeff had four friends. Now, these guys heard that Jesus was back in town. They'd heard all about the things Jesus was doing, that people were getting healed, sick people were getting well, paralyzed people were walking again. And they were like, dude, well, Jeff's paralyzed. Let's get Jeff on over there. He's at the the Hampton Inn. Let's go. So they get Jeff and they carry him on over and they get to the house and it is just packed. There's no room. The, I mean, people are flooding outside the doors, okay? Now, if you're like a little guy, maybe you could squeeze in. But there are four dudes carrying a paralyzed guy on a mat. There's just no way they can get through. Now, I imagine that, like, first thing, they're like, oh, stink. We were so close. Like, well, what can we do? It's like, I mean, we could wait until everybody leaves. But, man, if we wait till everybody leaves and it's like 11 o'clock at night, he might be irritated that we asked him. Uh, and maybe he'll just say no. I don't know. What do you guys think? And I just see one, like a light bulb flash in one of the guy's heads. And he's like, okay, guys, what about this? This is crazy. But what if we go down to True Value? Let's just buy a bunch of ropes. And then let's climb up on top of this stranger's house. And then, like with a bunch of hammers and stuff, let's literally crash through the roof of his house. Just tear it apart, shred it. And then we'll, we'll lower Jeff uh, through a, a system of pulleys and ropes down to Jesus interrupting Jesus in the middle of what he's doing. And hopefully the hole that we have smashed in is like central enough to where Jesus is. And then Jesus will see him. And probably what Jesus will do in that moment is he'll probably just say, oh, I'm going to heal this guy. What do you think? And they're like, all right, let's do this. They're high-fiving. So they do it. They pull him up and they drop him down. And like, what's crazy about this? I mean, like if this happened today, what happens if you trash someone's roof to drop someone through it to see somebody? You go to jail right? The cops come, the cuffs go on, you get put in the back of a car and you go to jail. But there's another moral to this perspective of the story. Our first moral from Jesus's perspective, right? Is that Jesus can miraculously transform a person's life. These four friends knew that. And the moral of their perspective of the story is this, giving people access to Jesus requires creative and evolving methods. There's just sometimes that giving someone access to Jesus you got to smash a roof, 
You know what I mean? Sometimes uh, uh, an invite card to church on a Sunday is just not going to do it. Sometimes posting on Facebook about how much you love your church, sometimes that's just not going to do it. Sometimes we have to have creative and evolving and maybe sometimes a little bit destructive methods. If we're going to give people access to Jesus, uh, there's, a, there's a church and a, a pastor that I kind of look up to, and the church is Life Church, and, and they have said this. They say that we'll do anything short of sin to bring someone to Jesus. I love that because it's like we're willing to do anything. We're willing to go all the way up to the edge, whatever it takes to bring someone to Jesus. Because here's the thing, and this is like our vision, our mission at Compass is to make God accessible to everyone. And our eye is right on those people who have never had an encounter, never had an experience with God, never been in church a day in their life. And if we're going to reach people who have never been reached, we're going to have to do things that have never been done to reach them. So, so the moral of the second perspective of this story is this, is that if we're going to give people access to Jesus, it's going to require creative and evolving methods. And the third perspective, we got Jesus's perspective. Miraculous things happen when Jesus gets into a person's life. We got the four friends perspective, and that's this. We got to use creative, creative methods if we're going to bring our friend to Jesus. Third perspective is the homeowner. You're sitting in the prime spot next to Jesus. It's your house. He's teaching. People are looking at him, but they're also looking at you. And you're just nodding. You're proud, right? He's in my house. It's my home. Yes. You look up and your ceiling starts to crumble and collapse. And you see a hole open. You see this guy drop down. What does the homeowner think? I mean, I know what I would think. My first thought is this. Who's going to pay for this? Okay. Somebody is going to pay for this. I didn't do that. I'm not paying for this. I know my insurance is not going to pay for this. If somebody tore a hole in my roof, somebody is paying for this. And I'll just tell you, like I wasn't there. It was a long time ago, but here is a guarantee. Somebody paid to fix the hole in that guy's roof. Somebody paid. And here's the moral that I will tell you for perspective three on this story. Okay. Getting people to Jesus is never free. Getting people to Jesus, it's just, it's never free. There's always a cost. There's always an expense. There's always something that, that is going to cost us if we are going to get people to Jesus. And for those of us who have been followers of Jesus for a long time, or maybe you're just kind of new to it, uh, you know, I'll just tell you this. If you think that living a life, or if you think that you can follow Jesus if you can do that and that you will never have to give of yourself, if you think that you can follow Jesus and you will never have to give sacrificially of your time, of your emotional energy, of your, of your, your straight up your money, if you don't think you're ever going to have to give sacrificially of yourself, if you are a follower of Jesus, let me correct the record, okay? Because we are called to give people access to God. We are called to go and make disciples. That is central to what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And giving people access to Jesus will always cost us somehow. There's always a cost. But here's the thing. I mean, whether it's, your, whether it's your, your time, whether it's your talent, whether it's your resources, whether it's your money. This is, this is what the homeowner learned and what he understood. It's what Jesus' four friends understood. Is that the cost is always worth it. Those guys were ready to go to jail for their friend to walk again. Because they knew if we can get him to Jesus, everything will change. I'll go to jail for that. You know what's interesting in this story? Like a lot of times in, in stories in the New Testament, stories about Jesus, whenever someone's irritated, mad, frustrated, or complaining, 
It usually says it, right? Usually we, we hear those, we hear their voice in the gospel accounts. You never hear this homeowner complain. And you'd expect to, right? You'd expect the homeowner to go, oh, blah, blah, blah. I can't believe anyone will do this tonight. Jesus, what are you going to do? And then if that happened, Jesus would, and all, everything would fly up and get fixed. But that doesn't happen in this story, right? Which leads me to believe that the homeowner knew this was going to cost. Maybe he knew he wasn't going to pay for the whole thing. Maybe he was ready to. But at the end of the day, he knew it was worth it. Getting people to Jesus, there's always a cost. It's never free, but it's always worth it. And we're, because here's the thing. We're not, it's not just a cost, right? We think about costs as things that hurt us, right? I mean, things that cost us. It's just the very word, but it's not a cost. It's an investment. It's an investment in the kingdom of God. It's an investment in a person's life and a person's future. Getting people to Jesus is never free, but it's always, always worth the investment. I love this passage in 2 Corinthians 10.4. This is cool. It says this. The Apostle Paul's writing. He says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. What might be standing between someone knowing God? I'm willing to destroy it. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to tear it down. Because people knowing Jesus is everything. What does it cost? I don't care. Just make the ask, God, and I'm in. Because this is not free, but it's worth it. Because I know this, that whatever creative methods, God, you may be asking me to do, that they're going to cost us. But I know that when people come into contact with Jesus, that he miraculously changes their lives. He changes everything. Now, there's, there, I, you know, there's just three perspectives I want to talk about. There is one more perspective that I just want to toss in here at the end as I kind of wrap this whole thing up. And I, I think this is probably, I think it's probably the perspective that is the most compelling. And that's the, that's Jeff's perspective. That's, it's the perspective of our paralyzed guy. Here's the thing. He had, he had friends who were willing to give up their freedom to get him to Jesus. He had friends who were willing to do something so outside of the norm so that his life could be transformed, so that he could be changed forever. He had, there was, he, there's a stranger that this guy didn't even know who was willing to let his home be torn apart so that he could be healed and so that he could be made whole. Imagine what it's like for him to look at the people around him even just after he's healed and to look and to observe his friends who are willing to sacrifice, to observe a homeowner who is like looking at the roof, but then he looked down at Jeff and he's like, yeah, I mean, it's cool. It was worth it, right? His life was transformed. His life was changed forever because there were people who were willing to do whatever it took to get him to Jesus. Because there were people who were willing to be creative. There were people who were willing to allow creativity or to fund creativity so that he could come to Jesus. And today, the question I'm asking myself and the question I want us to ask ourselves as we move forward into this launch initiative is this. What is the cost that I am willing to pay so that someone can get to Jesus and their life can be changed and transformed forever. What's the cost? Because I'll pay it. What's the need? I'm going to do whatever I can to meet it. 
What new and creative thing can we do as a church to make a difference in our community, to make a difference in people's lives, to make a difference in in the lives of foster families and foster kids, to make a difference in the lives of people who are hurting and broken and needy and blooming to normal, to make a difference in the lives of, of, of families and children who are starving and hungry and don't have clean water and don't have access to the gospel all around the world. What is the cost that I'm willing to pay? I'm willing to do it. What's the price I am in? Because whatever it costs me, whether it's my time, whether it's my energy, whether it's my talent, whether it's in my bank account, I know this. When Jesus comes into a person's life, everything changes. And I want to be part of that. I want to be one of the four friends. I want to be that homeowner. Here's the thing. Just... In the context of our Launch Generosity Initiative, let me just tell you this. We cannot buy life change. We just can't do it. If we could, I would empty my bank account into every single person today. We just can't buy life change. There's no price tag on a person or on their soul. Jesus does it. Jesus heals. Jesus sets free. Jesus changes family. Jesus restores marriages. Jesus restores homes. Jesus sets slaves free. That's what Jesus does. We can't buy that, but we can fund it. We can fund it. We can pay whatever price to get people to Jesus. And when we do, Jesus does the miracle. Jesus makes it happen. Jesus is the source. And it's, it's all about him. And so our question is, how do we get people to him? What am I willing to do to get people to him? What price am I willing to pay to get people to him? What wall, what roof am I willing to kick down or to tear apart to get people to him? And that's where we are as a church today. And that's the question I want us to be asking ourselves. And that's what launch is all about. This is our opportunity of a lifetime. And the opportunity of a lifetime is only good for the lifetime of an opportunity. And I do not want to miss the window that God is presenting us to partner with him, to launch out of this brand new building and see people transformed forever. Are you willing to say yes to Jesus? Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to pay the cost? Are you willing to make the investment to see people's lives transformed and changed forever? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for what you're doing in us. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in this church. I mean, today, it's, we're having a second service right now in a brand new building because you have kicked down doors for us. And Lord, I thank you so much for that. I'm so grateful. And Lord, in response, I'm willing to kick down doors for you. I'm willing to kick down the doors, to kick down every obstacle that stands between someone who doesn't know you and the promise of healing and wholeness that's found in Jesus. And so God, I ask you to move in our hearts, to challenge us, to push us, to stretch us, and to speak to us about how we can invest in the kingdom of God, about how we can be a part of what you are doing today. God, I pray that you would open our eyes to see what sort of creative and evolving methods, God, we can engage in, Lord, to reach people who have never been reached, to do things that have never been done in this community. God, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Lord, that that there's something that you would call us to do that nobody has done before for this time, for these people. 
And Lord, I pray for those who are here today, God, who've never had a miraculous encounter with you. And I pray, Jesus, that today might be their moment where they are lowered through a hole in a roof for the lives to be transformed and changed forever. Everyone keep your heads down and your eyes closed. If you are here today and maybe you are not a follower of Jesus, you're not a Bible or church person, and that's okay. I'm thrilled that you are here, but maybe a friend brought you here today. Maybe you just wanted to come see the new building because you were curious. But when you look at your life, you know, like so many of us knew before we made the decision to follow Jesus, that you are spiritually paralyzed. You've tried to heal that spiritual emptiness, that hole inside yourself for so long. You've used so many things. You've used relationships and they don't work. They keep falling apart and breaking. You've used substances, but they can't seem to work because you just need more and more. You've used entertainment. You've sought after hobbies. You've sought after every single thing you can to try and make yourself spiritually whole, but you're still spiritually paralyzed. Can I tell you today that we are here to drop you down to bring you to Jesus? And today, if you are here and you're ready to say, I'm in. The first moral of this story that Jesus can transform my life, that's what I want to hold on to today. And if that's you, just, just know, I just like you to do this just right now. Nobody's looking just so I can pray for you. Will you just slip your hand up? I want to follow Jesus. I need him today. I need to become a follower of Jesus. Father, I pray that you would move in us. God, I pray that you would forgive me of my sin. God, I confess and admit that I need you. God, I'm a sinner. I'm, I'm spiritually paralyzed. I'm spiritually broken. And I need you to make me whole. Today, I confess and I admit that I need you more than anything else in this world today. And so, Lord, today, the cost, the price that I am willing to pay, the investment that I need to pay today is my life. Are you saying, Jesus, I'm going to give it to you? I need you. I thank you for inviting me in, for giving me a home, for giving me a family, and welcoming me. We love you, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing in our church, and we thank you, God, for what you are doing in people's lives. And we pray all of this in your awesome and holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.